0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report as Forrest moved to within a point of the top six in the championship with a 3-1 win over playoff rivals, Queen's Park Rangers at the city ground. On a... Rainy and wet nights where there was a pitch inspection before the game and at one point possibly even a risk that the, the match wouldn't go ahead. Thankfully it did and Forrest turned up and put in a brilliant second half display to, to turn over QPR and to give their playoff hopes an even bigger boost as we move ever closer to the end of the season and the all-important run in. I'm joined by Tom Newton to reflect on the game. Tom, we'll start with the team news and two changes for Forest, which we knew would happen anyway. So the injured pair, Steve Cook and Max Lowe, both out for six weeks after picking up injuries in the last game against Millwall. They were replaced in the starting 11 by Tobias Figueiredo and Philip Zinconogel, which meant that Jack Colback took... Max Lowe's place on the left-hand side at wing-back and Figueredo slotted into centre-back alongside Joe Worrell and Scott McKenna with James Garner and Ryan Yates in the middle. So were you surprised with that team selection? Is that what you were expecting? And how did you see that play out, certainly in the first half? Um, I was surprised in terms of Zinkenagel
1: coming back in because the... To get, well, the last time I saw him play was the Sheffield United game away and I thought he did not a lot, to be honest, apart from his uh, brilliant um, tracking back to put in the challenge. But apart from that, in an attacking sense, he didn't do anything. So I was a bit surprised to see him. in. Uh, we always knew that Figueroa was going to play centre-half in Steve Cook's uh, absence. And I think I would like to see Richie Larea, um come in, just see what he's all about. But for whatever reason, he hasn't got on the pitch yet. So yeah, the safe um, choice was put in Jack Colback at left wing back when he's played there before. Uh, he played in the game against uh, Arsenal in the FA Cup and he didn't let us down. So, but apart from yeah, um, coming in, I think the um, the team at the moment just picks itself, and Horvath, um kept his uh, place in the team because he's since he's in he hasn't um let anybody down so yeah it picks itself at the moment to be honest
0: and in the opening stages of the game QPR were on top and they created the better chances forcing Horvath into a good save one-on-one uh ball played through but the player was offside so he shot straight at at Horvath, I th- still think it was a good save, nevertheless, even though the goal wouldn't have counted. Horvath was then called into action again later on with the ball that was played across. And then he, he made the the stop on the line as he was coming back across goal to keep the score at 0-0. But QPR eventually did go a goal in front. We'll come on to that because in that first half, Forrest did have some chances of their own. And it it felt like it almost wasn't going to be their night at one point because you had... Ryan Yates with a chance, which, to be fair to David Marshall, he he came out and smothered it well, stopped Yates having the time to place his header where he wanted it. Yates then almost got on the end of a cross. I think it might have been from Zinkanagel, correct me if I'm wrong, at the back post and at full stretch, just couldn't quite divert it on goal. And, and that one went begging. And then Keenan Davis also poking wide after Zinkanagel's shot was parried by Marshall. Forrest did come close, didn't they? And it did feel as if it could well have been one of those nights at that point.
1: Yeah, I thought as the game started, I thought QPR were the better side Then Forest Forrest got a foothold in the game. Then I just felt it was against the run of play, to be honest, when they uh, actually scored. I thought, oh, Forrest like like, um, in the last, what, 10 minutes previous, well, before the um, QPR scored. I thought Forest were, like had a couple of chances and were really turning the screw. And I thought it was going to be only a matter of time until Forest scored and unfortunately that didn't happen and they um, scored um, I think it was Andre Gray um, who scored and um, yeah I thought Forest were um, were decent then but um, but yeah I think it was just a matter of like getting it um, half time 1-0 and uh, regroup and then um, and that's what basically happened
0: yeah, and just on the goal, it's um, the ball played through initially by Elias. Chair. It was a, a, a decent ball through, but Andre Gray got onto the end of it. I think Worrell and Figueredo were not entirely sure where each other was, and Figueredo was the man following uh, Gray, but he slipped over, I think, in the in the poor conditions and uh, lost his footing. Gray was away and from an acute angle, just managed to fire it between Horvath's legs, and and that was one nil. Um, yeah, a little a disappointing goal to concede. I think we can cut Toby a bit of slack there because I think it was just a, a slip on the wet surface that that allowed Gray to get away from him because he fell over. Um, but yeah, coming into the into the second half, then that were back out on the front foot, weren't they? Aside from the first minute where QPR had a had a free kick, it was all one way traffic after that point, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think, and I think that's a telling fact. Apart from that block through kick um, straight after the um, the come out for the um, second half, it was all Forest. The, and to pin a playoff rival in their own half for that long is it it's a massive um, part of our thought of the the game tonight. And to do that to a potential top six side, I think it's just really telling how far this team's come under Steve Cooper. Um, um, at the moment they're just a joy to watch and I think well I'm 34 now and hand on heart um, I think this side of the, the entertainment etc how much the um, pride they're giving the, well, how much pride the supporters have in watching this team I think it's the best I've ever seen um, I mean under Frank Clark's uh, team in the, the mid-90s you still had like um, some players there from the Cluffy era uh, in terms of Mark Crosley and uh, Stuart Pearce, et cetera, with like Been and Roy and Collymore on top. But so that there was a bit more of an expectation because of where we've been in previous seasons. And, um, then we obviously had Dave Bassett's uh, team for like a, a year. And then Paul Hart's brilliant team in the early noughties. Then, but this, this team, I just think this is just an absolute different sense of feeling watching this team. And the city grounds um, fall every single week away. Allocations are snapped up in quick time. And yeah, hand on heart, this is the most entertained I've seen a I side in since I've been supporting them and I've in the season, taking hold for 20 plus years now. So it's just br- uh, absolutely brilliant to watch and may it continue.
0: Our own Rich Ferraro in our WhatsApp group tonight said that it was a great comeback from Forrest and a belting game of championship football. Would you say that that performance was as good as we've seen under Steve Cooper so far?
1: Uh, yeah, po- possibly. In the circumstances of and the conditions, because it wasn't the easiest game of football to play tonight because of the conditions of the torrential rain and everything. But um, yeah, how they come out of that second half and. Keeper never laid a glove on his. Holvats not had one save to make all second half, and they they didn't have any answer to our um, slick passing and movement, and and obviously the three goals what followed. So yeah, Forrest were fantastic uh, tonight.
0: Talk us through the equaliser then, and the goal which really got Forest going. Jed Spence is, is just unbelievable. It, is there anything this guy can't do? He's, he's incredible. He's,
1: he's brilliant, isn't he?
0: Every single
1: game, he just seems to be, be improving and improving. And yeah, when the ball got played to him, I think it was Zinconagli who gave him the ball and as soon as it left his boot, that was our I into a top corner. It was I was um, in Upper Bridgeford and yeah, as soon as it left it, his foot, that was in and, um, and when I've looked back on a replay, he's further out than I thought he was. And yeah it's just a brilliant goal and um, uh, David marshall <laughs> he's uh, he, I don't think he's enjoyed tonight because obviously he went off um, injured, but that's a great strike and uh, no keeper in the worlds so saving that.
0: And if you haven't seen it already, I would recommend seeking out the replay from behind the goal, looking towards where Spence is striking it because you see everything there the the pace. The, the dip and the swerve on it. It's a fantastic strike. And that goal ju- was just what Forrest needed just to to get the team going, to, to pick themselves up and, and really yeah. kick on in that second half.
1: Yeah, potentially it could have been one of those nights tonight where we've had the ball, a bit like the uh, Huddersfield game just after Christmas, had all the ball, made numerous chances and um, obviously not got rewards for it tonight. But yeah, as soon as that went and uh, the whole place lit up, um, and the players, um, I think they like raised another 10, 20% in their performances because it just like cheered everybody up. And as soon as that goal went in, it was all Forrest. And um, it was just going to be a matter of time before Forrest got the second goal, which duly come. And then obviously the third to uh, polish off a, a really good um, performance by Forrest tonight.
0: And Forrest's second goal, 83 minutes, coming from the goal machine, Ryan Yates. A new contract for him this week and he's capped that off with yet another goal. Four in four for him now. Six in his last eleven games. And this one, again, he's in he's in the right place. And it might have come off Rob Dickey and it could go down as an own goal. But I think I think we can give this one to Yates because it's it looks like it might be on target and it does take a nick on the way through, but a crucial goal to make it 2-1 to Forest, and and I think deserved as well given the the play and the build-up to it and how Forrest were on top of that point but again great to see Yates on the score sheet he really is becoming indispensable to this team
1: yeah uh, definitely he's he's another one by each passing game he seems to be improving and I mean and last season and start of this season his um, efforts in front of goal was like headers like hitting the crossbow or going why keep saving them but he's, he seems to have like, worked on that and he's been coming like a real asset because his in previous seasons our record from set pieces has been relatively poor and in the last um, few games um, the one against Sheffield United the one tonight he's really getting on the end of set pieces and he and that's what's been lacking um, goal-wise for us in the last uh, few seasons. But to him, to add that to his game, it's just a real asset
0: for the rest of the team. And with the with his aerial threat, it just gives you another option, doesn't it? I mean, James Garner's delivery is unbelievable. It's... Re- In the last couple of months, it's really come on. And when you've then got Ryan Yates in the box and then you've got other players, Joe Worrell, Scott McKenna, Steve Cook, who can all threaten in the air, it's nice to have that option, isn't it? That if things are not quite working out with how you want to play, you know you can put the ball in the box and somebody like Yates is going to attack it and there's a good chance a header is going to go on target and possibly goals from that as well.
1: Yeah, and another thing, this is in my time watching Forest. This has got to be the best coach side I've seen because if there is like a flaw or weakness in Forest play, um, which like I said in previous seasons, been set pieces, then Steve Cooper seems to have worked on that, and we're getting a reward for it. I mean, I know um, against Leicester, they've all season they've been notorious of letting set pieces, and they let one in uh, the other day. Um, against Leicester and um, but um, so you can't <laughs> say that was like a good uh, um, point really because they, they've been notorious all season but against other teams uh, this season uh, in in the uh, championship we haven't been that great but in recent week, weeks um, we've been uh, brilliant um, with set pieces it just like you said it just gives us another uh, asset if uh, nothing else is going right for us on the field We've got like set pieces which we can rely on, and thankfully, in the last couple of weeks, um, it's paid dividends of like working on them, um, which has been obvious on the training ground.
0: And four minutes after Yates scored, Forrest made it 3 1 and and wrapped up the the three points. This one, uh, and I, I thought it was a nicely worked goal because it's Sam Surridge down the right hand side, he puts lovely ball across for Cafu, both of those. Players had come on as substitutes and it's good to see a bit like on the weekend when Zande Silva and Surridge linked up for the fourth goal. Surridge is involved tonight and Cafu's involved as well in this one. But Cafu's shot saved uh, by Marshall. Cafu then gets the ball back and rolls it just inside for Brennan Johnson, who has been quiet in the last few games and a few fans have, have been commenting on that. But he takes that first time, drills it into the back of the net, and and looking at the way that he ran off in front of the Trent End main stand, he really enjoyed that one, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and it just like just capped off a, um, a really perfect um, night for us. It's, it but looking at the back, it looked like Marshall. Like I know he, he was um, he was on the verge of before that of coming off injured, and he did um, eventually go off injured after the third goal. But yeah, as soon as he saved that one, he just he, it just looked like he gave up. Like he was just the never put, never to that far So we going to score that third goal, which the Julie did. And then he went off injured, which uh, was quite amusing because obviously his uh, links with uh, our friends down the 52. But no, just yeah, like you said, Brendan Johnson, he's been a bit quiet in the last few games, but no, capped off a, um, a really good night for us and well deserved three points.
0: I think one of the, the, the key elements in the game was and an element that was making it quite frustrating. QPR players were, were very keen to, to, to stick a foot in, to haul shirts, pull down Forest players, and, and leave a mark on the Forest team, especially in the midfield. And, I mean, this is obviously a Mark Warburton team, ex-Forest manager who, you know, a couple of years ago was, was in charge at the City ground, I Remember him well. But I don't remember his Forest team being as kind of scrappy and as physical as that. Certainly, they were, they were always accused of having quite a soft underbelly, but it was getting frustrating tonight because a lot of niggly fouls and things that were disrupting Forest were initially being let go, weren't they? And it was getting annoying.
1: Yeah, this is my criticism with referees, but um, especially EFL referees. But tonight was John Moss from the Premier League. And it, it was very iffy tonight. It was like sometimes Fox wanted to play a quick free kick and he wanted it on a certain blade of grass. Um, there was a couple of occasions where they just wanted to like, hack players down like you've mentioned. He he did this thing about following them and pointing them to them, says, I've seen that, but nothing happens. Then we generally, I think Davis and Garner, I think somebody else, have made genuine attempts uh, to um, get the ball and get booked for it, but every time Spence has gone down the uh, the wing or uh, Garner or um, Colback on the other side, they just wanted to hack us down and nothing was said. And it's, again, it's referees being consistently, uh, yeah, consistently inconsistent with their decision making. And yeah, John Moss was poor again tonight, and I just hope that the game on Sunday. Isn't um, supported by a referee who thinks it's all about him. Um, we know it's going to be equally tough against Liverpool, so we don't want any other. Um, we don't want to be handicapped in other, in any other way in regards to poor officiating. But um, yeah, no, it's just referees just in general. I just think they're relatively poor, and you think referees from the continent. Are a bit better than you yeah, had that referee last night in the Atletico Madrid man U game who for like a 5 10 minutes spelly like was just pointing at anything and he was like just kind of lost in the moment so yeah referees are just an absolute sticky point at the moment for me and probably uh, loads of us out there so uh, but no uh, John Moss was just, uh, relatively poor tonight but thankfully we overcome that and uh, won and got the three points
0: well, VAR is making its city ground debut on Sunday, isn't it? So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Um, regarding that, I, I might be wrong here, but we played Stoke in the Carabao Cup a few years ago, and Diego was it? Remember Diego Calvez? Yeah. Did he get yeah. sent off? And somebody was it that a VAR or something called fourth official intervene there to get him sent off?
0: It might, yeah. There might have been some kind of yeah video replay right. or something that was used, yeah.
1: And we got done That'd with right. VAR. You remember in the uh, Chelsea game? I think if that was at the Citigroup, yeah. we'd have had a couple of penalties against Chelsea, and uh, we did yeah. and lost the game. So uh, hopefully, uh, VAR can be relatively quiet for us on Sunday and. May the best team win.
0: But I thought tonight, Forrest did deal with that frustration well. It would have been very easy to lash out and, and lose your composure when you're being pulled down and disrupted and halted in your attacks in that way. But Forrest just carried on playing their football and uh, and kept going. And that was a big reason why they got on top and, and QPR didn't really get a look in. Uh, you mentioned earlier that how well coached this Forest team is. Steve Cooper tonight said that he was really happy with the team's bravery and the quality that they showed on the ball. And I think that's a good way of putting it. It was, it was a brave performance in many ways because we've seen Forest teams in the past, a big game like this, you could almost call it a playoff, six-pointer given how close the teams are and given that QPR are a little bit ahead of Forest. In the playoff race, going a goal down to a rival like that, previous Forest teams might well have crumbled or just gone into their shell and not had the confidence to come out and and try and win the game at that point. But this this Forest team's a completely different animal, isn't it? There's no going yeah. into their shells. That, that there's a real confidence about them that they can overturn a deficit and against anybody, even the best teams in the division.
1: Um, yeah, with the bravery. It's like players who are brave with possession. Um, there was one um, occasion; it was uh, in the second half um, at the far end, between uh, the well, in front of the main stand and the um, Trent end, and they were just like popping it around, like one touch to get out of like a really tight situation. And Fosse have been brilliant at that. And you got like players now who are willing to like take a couple of risks with the uh, with the ball when they're playing it around the back and. Uh, people around me are still like, oh, just get the ball forward. And football is a lot more complex than that. And I'm like thinking, I'm enjoying watching this. Yeah. Because players have got that confidence, like Horvath will have the ball and he'll play it in front of him to McKenna or if Yates or um, Garner's come deep and they're like pinging it around. And and before you know it, we're on the front foot and we've got their centre-halves facing their own goal. And I've not seen a side move the ball and recycle the ball that quick and, and like turn the possession from one minute they're on the edge of their own 18 yard box and then next minute they're getting their, their central running against their, their own goal. Yeah. So yeah I, I will say that this is the best coach for his side I've ever seen and and that saw down to uh, Steve
0: Cooper and his uh, staff has been an absolute revelation since he's come through the door. And it's how a lot of teams play in the modern era, successful teams as well, with yeah. that ability to play from the back and turn teams around. And I would argue we're probably the best team in the division at, at turning teams around and yeah. uh, getting them, catching them on the on the attack like that. Another yeah. thing as well, an important part of our game and something we did well tonight, our pressing, really good, didn't allow QPR to... To, to come out of their half in, in the second 45. And Forrest held good positions and pressed well across the pitch. Everybody playing their part in that. And I think that was another aspect of how we wore them down and and got yeah. on top. And again, I think it's just, you're seeing Forrest play a very modern style of football under Steve Cooper. And yeah. it's really enjoyable to see.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> I don't want to go uh, go back, but if you look at what Steve Cooper says in the press and what the players say in the press compared that to under Chris Hutton, where he was like, oh, we've got to respect them and do this. And it's like, to be honest, it's it's a load of crap really because you just like playing into their hands and Steve Cooper's come in and he's like, no, we're going to do this. And he's put instilled that confidence into the players. And we're seeing that on the uh, on the pitch week in, week out. We're buying into that. And look at the... Um, the difference between the atmosphere from like back end of like last season coming into this season, and then the Steve Cooper effect. I mean, it, like I says, it's yeah. chug- cheese and everybody's buying into it. And I've never seen a football club. Well, I've never seen Forest fans buying into this football club as a collective a way we're doing now. And like at the, even at the end, it's like in the past, even though we might have been like a couple of goals up, people like leaving early but there's still like 27,000 in there tonight. Sing along to uh, Depeche, manager just can't get enough. And everybody wants to stay, everybody's part of it until the bitter end. And they won't leave until they've seen the fist pumps from uh, Steve Cooper. After he's like, obviously embraced the players who have got him the three points. And that, that that's never happened um, under any manager since I've been supporting the club and it's just a brilliant place to be at the moment. And yeah. I've just... Sunday and the games after Sunday. It's just a brilliant place at the
0: moment. Yeah, there's a real bond developing, isn't there, between yeah. the team and the supporters. And it, it's something quite special to see because, yeah, it's not something that you've witnessed at Forest probably for, dare no. I say, it, since the Cluffy era.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was I a around for the, um, well, I wasn't old enough to um, really appreciate the Cluffy era. But even under like Paul Hart, it was kind of, we had nothing else in terms of we had to rely on those players because we didn't have the money to buy a load of players. So we had to rely on the youth and just embrace them because obviously we didn't have anything else. Then Billy Davis, it was just like, it, it was good, but you know that he was just one press conference away of like um, chucking a grenade in and just cocking the whole thing up yeah. and ultimately... That what happened in the second spell with his uh, radio silent uh, persona, which was bizarre. But uh, now the first time around, it was like even in the playoff matches, he, he just said some really strange things. Like he had like a post match press conference before the match, and just wrote really bizarre things. And just like, well, why are you doing that? But Steve Cooper is just like, just embrace is it? He he gets the football club, and he's got everybody on the side and. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but build that statue now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a quick word for some of the the Forest players tonight. Keenan Davis again, I thought was was really good, even though he didn't get his goal, his his link up play and his movement power that you know we've talked about before. He was a real handful again for that that QPR defence. Ryan Yates, another strong performance and got his goal. Jed Spence, well, he's just next level. He's unbelievable. I think we've just got to enjoy him while he's here and, and really make the most of that. And the back three on the whole, largely solid. Scott McKenna came off 79 minutes and was replaced by Joe Lolly as Forrest went to a more attacking formation. I, I thought Lolly looked quite lively when he, when he came on. What did you think? Um Yeah um I don't know
1: if it's the f- i don't wanna like be disrespectful towards him i don't know if it's the fact that keeper was knackered and obviously he was fresh and everything but even when when he came on against Sheffield United, he looks pretty decent and if he can get back to a level of fitness and match sharpness um from previous years, then Joe lolly's an asset But Steve cooper has alluded to in the press that it's all down to Joe Lolly now we'll give him all the support that he needs. Whether that's believing in his own, um, own abilities, confidence, uh, fitness, we won't get to know the nitty gritty of it. But if, uh, yeah, generally he can get to the levels what he, um, where he was a few years ago, then he's going to be a real asset in the next um, few months of this uh, remaining of the season. But uh, now he's just got to keep fit, and yeah, I thought he looked uh, pretty uh, sharp tonight.
0: And I think a benefit for him is that he's not coming back into the team with massive expectation on his shoulders because other players are stepping up and delivering in terms of goals and assists, whether it's Brennan Johnson or Kin Davis, Zinkanagel. And then there's also Maiten, who is also available. Silva Silver's another one who can play in the same position. So it, it could be a, a good situation for Lolly to walk into with a confident team, Playing well and on the front foot, but he's not going to be relied upon to get goals and be that creative output that he perhaps has been in previous Forest sides. So hopefully that just allows him to come in and play his game, and and yeah, we start seeing a bit more of the the Joe Lolly of old. Fingers crossed. So Forest then, as it stands, a point away from the playoffs, and they're eighth in the Championship. It is very much all to play for in terms of league position. And it's so tight between Huddersfield in third and Millwall in 10th. There's only six points separating all those teams. But next up for Forest, it's the FA Cup quarterfinal against Liverpool on Sunday evening. And I think this one, Tom, we're all just looking forward to it, aren't we? We've got a Forest team in in superb form confident and, and playing with a real belief in themselves. And we all know how good Liverpool are. It'll be great to see a team of their quality at the city ground. But Forest have got every chance, haven't they? Just having a go at them and, and really making a game of it.
1: Yeah. And why in the FA Cup and especially in especially the latter stages, you've got a good chance for anybody because Liverpool could turn up and ultimately underestimate Forest and Forest might do something like they did against Arsenal and Leicester and never know Get it was alright we all know um, it's going to be really tough I mean they're like um, in previous seasons of one Champions League they've been in um, got in for Premier League titles and and everything and they've got like probably the best uh, front players in world football at the moment in um, Jota uh, Mane and Salah but no like I said it's home it's and we've got as much chance of, as anybody in in my eyes, but Forest have got to be really on, um, on it and um, and obviously and a bit more. But you just don't know which side Liverpool um, might fit, um, bring because they've already won the Carabao Cup. They've in the Champions League. I think they're at the quarterfinal stage now. They've got important game coming up. I think it's the tenth of April against Man City. So you just don't know what team they might. They might play the kids and just have the insurance of Yotta, Firmino, Marnay, and Salah on the bench. You just don't know, but uh, it's going to be a great occasion, and I for one can't wait.
0: And it's a big fixture, and and there seems to be quite a few of those coming up now for Forest. And it's a first FA Cup quarter final and a first quarter final of any kind for Forest for twenty five years. So I think it's an occasion. Let's enjoy it, but also. Have a go and and feel confident because you've already knocked two Premier League teams out in, in Arsenal and Leicester. And if you if you could get past Liverpool and a, a semi-final date at Wembley, that'll be an incredible occasion and and something really special. And it, it's nice to see Forest in these kind of high profile games once again, isn't it? It's been it's been a really long time.
1: Yeah, it's been so long. I mean, the last couple of quarterfinals that we've actually had was like you say ninety-six. Uh, when we lost 7-2 on aggregate to Bayern Munich who eventually won the UEFA Cup that year against Bordeaux and then I can't remember if it was before that game or after but we played Villa at, at uh, the City ground and lost 1-0 from a friend's car goal but yeah it's been so long for us to be this far in a um, domestic competition and yeah I, I'll just can't wait, and like I said it's the last time, uh, Forest in a quarter final, I was eight, so it's a long time, and I'm 34 now, so yeah, uh, 26 years is also is a long, long time.
0: We're all looking forward to it, and and fingers crossed, it could be a night to remember for Forrest and and their fans. It could really be something special. We look yeah. forward to it. I will go uh, with a
1: go with a two two one. Ryan Yates, 93rd minute header.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll all take that. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> the goal. After that is the international break and then Forrester back in action away at Blackpool on the 2nd of April and then it's a home game against Coventry a few days after that. So, yeah, it's great to be playing Liverpool but then we've also got a little bit of a break to, to recover and, and come back for essentially what will be the running and a big final nine or ten games of the season. And It'd be nice because after the
1: international break grabbing will be near enough ready and and that's you got like three informed strikers so to speak and well in terms of um, Davis, Surridge and then you got Graben who obviously is a seasoned um, forward in this league so he's a great asset then behind them you've got uh, Low and uh, Steve Cook to come back because obviously with the international break in this week well that's three yeah. that's three weeks near enough gone um, with the six more, uh, sorry, six week um, period, what Steve Cooper says that they will be out, and you never know. I mean, I think Max Lowe come returned last time from injury ahead of schedule, so hopefully that will be the case this time. But um, you know, this uh, after um, Sunday, I mean, the international break, it's it's coming to the good side, a good time for us. But yeah, on. The opposite of that, it's like because we've got a bit of momentum. It hope it doesn't derail that, but uh, it yeah. is what it is at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, there's always that risk, but it uh, it promises to be an exciting end to the season, and definitely we look forward to it and 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 see how it it plays out after the international games are over. Thanks, Tom, and thank you to listener for joining us for our match reports. We will be back with you after the. Liverpool game on Sunday with our report from that one. So until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.